Warning, the following podcast may contain some fits of extreme nerd rage, especially when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. As such, there may be a few colorful pieces of language thrown around. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, once again to the Wrestling Ramblings and Rages podcast. I am, of course, your host, James Shimo, the sinister one himself. Of course, that's for you guys who follow the FCL. Thank you so much for joining us, and today we are here with a great topic. I mean, it's it's full gear season, folks. AEW is ramping up for its next show, and with me here today to break down the card and what we think is going to go down are two very, very good friends of mine. First and foremost, a guy from just up the road like myself here in Tennessee. He is the one and only Brenton McPherson. Brenton, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing the best I can. They're not shoveling dirt on me, and I'm upright and breathing, so I guess I'm doing all right. Well, there you yeah, go. Exactly right. And, of course, joining us is the one and only Major Payne himself, Mr. Ryan Payne, Caramel Mountain. What's going down, man? Going pretty good, actually. Uh, I, I'll say, like, it's been a while since we've all had a chance to chat wrestling. But you know what? E- regardless, even then, uh, there has been no shortage of content and news for us to talk about. And at, and right now I, can, I I'm really looking forward with full gear coming up. Like I, I'm this I'm very excited for it, all. I will say about full gear was I've not been excited for a full gear pay per view since the first one. I'll say. Yeah, I mean I can see that, and yeah, there's definitely a lot that's going into this year's full gear. I mean AEW has really been hitting its stride lately. They're they seem like they're finally coming around and you know doing a lot more with their women's division, which has been a huge criticism of the company for a while um and just consistently people are liking the product way more than the competition which again is another subject for another day and i'm sure we'll discuss yeah. it at length uh probably be one of our longer close to three hour podcasts in that situation but for now that's not what we're here to talk about we are here to talk about of course full gear coming up this weekend from minneapolis minnesota uh no i'm sorry st louis missouri is it not yeah, st. Is louis. It? yeah. i believe it was okay. it, even though it was originally meant for minneapolis i believe they moved it to st louis Okay. Well, in any case, yes, the, bottom line, the bottom line is we have a lot, a lot to look forward to. And this card is, like Ryan mentioned, it is absolutely stacked. I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited. But let's break it down and see what we think is going to happen when AEW hits full gear. All right. First up on the docket. Now, of course, uh, one thing I will also bring up is we are recording this well in advance of the actual show itself. Some of the matches may not have been finally, you know, definitively announced for the show for example we don't have a buy-in match yet uh yeah. so those will be added when that comes up we will of course adjust our predictions uh accordingly all of that good stuff so with that out of the way let's start things off this one was just announced uh this past friday night on rampage there were actually two of these we'll get those yeah. out of the way first first and foremost we got a trios falls count anywhere match going on between the super click a.k.a. the Young Bucks and Adam Cole, baby, as well as Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. I, I'll i be honest, I when it comes down to the whole the super click thing with you know Adam Cole coming in, uh, first of all, I'm glad that Adam Cole went with the elite. That's where he belongs. Yeah. That's some of his best work as a heel. I didn't want to see him as a baby face trying to come in to take the title off of Kenny Omega. Uh, even though it would have made complete sense with the storyline that they gave us with BTE, you know, leading up to his exit from Ring of Honor, going to NXT, would have made complete sense. 
if that was the direction they chose to go, I wouldn't have hated it because, again, it would have made logical sense. But I feel like his talents are best used as a heel. I mean, we saw what the Undisputed Era did in NXT. They were great as a babyface team for a while, but you just knew that Adam Cole, he he needed to be a bad guy. He just absolutely had to be. And with what they've been doing with the whole rivalry with, you know, them, Christian Cage, with, you know, uh, Jungle Boy and now with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, I think is great. This night here for Full Gear, we've seen, and this, this includes Kenny Omega as well as part of the Elite, we have seen the Elite and their dickish shenanigans getting worse and worse and worse ever since they came back together just after the whole winter is coming revolution area, you know, of, of the calendar. I think tonight it was uh, tonight meaning full gear is going to be the night when a lot of that, you know, a hole behavior starts to get a little bit of comeuppance. And I do believe that that's going to happen in regards to the super click here tonight. I do believe that, Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus are going over on this particular night. Uh, Ryan, let's go to you next. What do you think about this match? First of all, are you excited for this match? And second of all, who do you think is coming out on top? I am definitely excited for this match. And also, I kind of share your similar sentiments regarding with Adam Cole immediately aligning himself with the Elite. Because even though it would have made, even though with the marks out there, some of them would have loved Adam Cole as a babyface going up against them. And even the Bucks and Kenny have set up in their BTE sketch that they technically killed him. So it would have made sense for them to fight that. But I like how they, they're they're going against that for right now. They're just saying, like, Cole is not, not only is Cole in AEW, but you're getting your little dream team of the – you're getting the reuniting of the Super Elite and, the and of course, with Kenny and the Elite with Cole and with the Bucks and Kenny, which is good. Because at this point, we get to see Cole not fully unleashed, but he gets to be a little more of a dick as the bad guy. Because even though in Undisputed Era, yeah, he was a dick, but it was more controlled, honestly. You got to see him go a little off the chain a little bit. Like, in his first night back, he gets interviewed by Tony Schiavone. First thing he does is like, I know you know Brit. Stay the fuck away from her. And then from there on, they start, they kind of like with Brian Danielson and with CM Punk. They're just slowly bringing him back into the crowd, into this audience. They want to slowly reintroduce him to this audience, and I think it's working. That being said, I do agree with you that I think their behavior, the comeuppance is coming, and I also think this will be the start of some of the pieces. This will be like the first domino to fall within the within the super elite. So I'm definitely giving my vote to Jurassic Express. Okay, Jurassic Express and Christian Cage for Ryan as well. Brenton, are you concurring with the rest of us, or are you going heel team here? I'm going to have to go heel. Um, I don't see them losing to them just yet. I do see them losing to Jurassic Express and Christian Cage down the road. Uh, mm -hmm. I think just I think the rivalry is just getting started. Um, we're just now starting to see some things unfold, you know, especially with the alliance with Christian Cage with Jurassic Express. He's been aligned with them in the past, but now he's really starting to get along with them. Um, but with this being technically Cole, I don't see Cole losing, being on the Elite. I don't see him losing his first pay-per-view with AEW. Mm -hmm. um, 
I honestly think that somehow the elite will pull out some bullshit way to win, like they always do, um, which is what they're what they is what they do. Um, I see this as a rivalry that's going to last for a good bit, um, but I just don't see Jurassic Express and Christian Cage coming out on top in this one. I see him coming out on top down the road, um, but at this particular moment, I do not see them, especially with the type of match it is. Um, if it was a straight trios match, maybe, but with it being false can anywhere and those qualifications in that, I, I don't see them coming out on top. Well, one thing I will bring up is we don't know for a fact that it's no disqualification. They just said falls count anywhere. They haven't said it just means they can go anywhere they want. It doesn't say that they can do everything that anything. Well, it's implied certainly, and maybe when we get to full, because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first true falls count anywhere match that AEW has done. At least one that's had that that classification to it. So they have yeah. an opportunity to differentiate themselves if they choose to go that direction. When Justin Roberts makes that announcement and he clarifies it's actually no disqualification as well as no count out, then I can see where you're going. But just with the falls count anywhere tag, again, I'm suspending what I know about WWE for now. And I agree with you that Adam Cole probably shouldn't lose his first real pay-per-view match, but doesn't necessarily mean just because he's in the match that he has to take the pin. And again, with the the behavior and all of the, the one-ups they've been getting over Jurassic Express, especially Jungle Boy, up to this point, I feel like there is an actual argument to be made that the elites or the super click in this situation would lose it. I get where you're coming from, and I really do. Again, I just have to defend and you know point out that distinction as well. Oh, I, I mean, I see where you're coming from on it too as well. I just, I, I've, I've looked at this map. I mean, I've looked at it. I just wrapping my head around it. I just don't see them. I just don't see the elite losing just yet, especially with the, them just coming off a big, like them with the loss of losing the tag titles. Mm-hmm. I don't see them losing two straight pay-per-views. Well, again, it depends on what kind of story they want to tell. If they're talking about a downward yeah. scenario where it starts creating friction between them, I mean, that's something to, to think about as well. Then, so. yeah, if, if they're ready to start doing that, which I don't think they should start doing it that way, like go ahead, like this early on. Um, I mean, that will happen. It's inevitable it will happen. Um, it, it happens in every wrestling storyline ever. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be some friction somewhere along the lines i just just something tells me that right now if that's not happening just yet fair enough fair enough mm-hmm. all right and i did just double check to confirm it is actually taking place in minneapolis it is not oh it is okay uh which i will go ahead and bring this up because i just got this text in a second ago uh, apparently they're doing a charity bowling bonanza with the aew stars while in minneapolis no, uh, it will nice. be taking place on thursday november the 11th uh, they do have tickets available. If you uh, donate, if you quote unquote donate, uh, $150 for a ticket, uh, you are guaranteed to be paired up with an AEW talent in this bowling tournament in order to raise money for a uh, team charity that the wrestlers themselves have selected. So if you want to go out and support that, go ahead and do so. They don't pay me to tell you that. I wish they would. Tony Khan, give me a call. But 
Um, I just want to make you guys aware of that because you no, know, it sounds like fun. I mean, I got uh, well, well, I, uh, I, I haven't talked about it yet because that episode hasn't come out yet. I don't believe, but on the Jericho cruise, uh, when they had that Smash Bros thing going on, I got a chance to play with Uno and Aubrey Edwards, and it was a ton wow. of fun. They're good people. Oh, so that's, that's good. Oh, I wish yeah. I, had, I wish I had gotten a chance to get there, but I wanted to do those photo sessions really badly. Hey, <laughs> hey, I don't blame you when I own it. Anyway. Uh, let's move on to the other match that was just recently announced on this past Friday's episode of Rampage, and that is, of course, the Mad King, Eddie Kingston, going one-on-one with Chicago's own CM Punk. Um, I love Eddie Kingston, love the promo that we got from him and from Punk uh, on Friday's episode of Rampage. I think the build-up to this match uh, for Full Gear is going to be great. But who are we kidding? Punk's going over. I mean, it, it, it's his second match on paper uh, since he joined the company. It, it, yeah. It's a it's a slam dunk. Sorry. Uh, Brenton, go ahead. Duh. That's all I have to say. Duh. I mean. Yeah. Hello? Hello? Anybody it, home? Think McFly? Anyway. It's CM motherfucking Punk. I will defend, you know, you will, everybody knows how I feel. I'll say Punk's going to win regardless if I think he's going to lose or not. Yeah, but in this scenario, and I say yeah, second pay per view. Come on, guys! Like if anybody out there who honestly thinks Eddie Kingston, I mean, I think it'll be a great match. Don't get me wrong; it's gonna be but a great clash. If, if you think Eddie Kingston is winning this match, you're out of your damn mind. Agreed. Unless you're an anti CM Punk fan, I mean, <laughs> you need to go say, yeah. Unless you're, yeah, unless you're just a troll who just doesn't respect what that man has done for this business. Anyway, then you just need to go, just shut your mouth and don't even bother watching it because you don't deserve to watch it at that point. Yeah, I will. I will laugh my ass. I will say I will laugh my ass off if Kingston did win, though. I will I mean, fly to California and hurt you. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm voting for it. I'm going for Punk as well. Oh, I know. I'm, no, I'm just saying, if if you said that, if it happens, I'm just saying, I will buy a ticket and fly just to Just to bring that out in the universe. There you go. Just like to that, smack yeah. the piss out of you. Uh, <laughs> I love you, to but... Be yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I love you, but I will hurt you. And see, this this is how you know we're buds. We love each other, but we will go to war and we will knock the ever-loving crap out of each other over our opinions on wrestling. We'll buy each other a beer afterwards, but we're still going to kick each other's asses. Exactly. Hmm. Look, I, I, look, I'm of the same mind as you guys. Punk. and oh, <clears throat> Especially after that Kingston promo, you do see that I mean, it's not like it's going to – it's obviously that the sirens are shouting out and the, the sirens and alarms are saying Kingston's going heel. Yes. But I like it when Kingston gets to cut promos to where he can blend reality and kayfabe together because of his history in wrestling to with um, – to, to where they can share actual backstage stories of Kingston and you know some of the slip-ups mistakes he's made, they can really intertwine these into a good storyline. And I liked how he and Punk were back and forth on each other, where Kingston is shaming Punk for judging him, and then Punk is just saying, no, I wasn't judging you. I was holding you to a higher expectation, and you failed to live up to that expectation. And I like how we get to have different times. Because we're watching that, 
You saw the crowd. The crowd was immediately on Punk. Kingston comes out. There was some against Kingston. But when Kingston started talking, he turned at least a majority of that crowd to chant for his name. So that's the only reason why I threw that out there. But it was because of how good Kingston is on that promo. I'm not saying that's enough to convince Tony Khan and the others to book Kingston to win. I'm just saying it's good enough to throw in some doubt. Well, and not one right now, this moment, Brendan is make is booking that flight to California. <clears throat> yep, that's the reason he's being so quiet right now. But I will say um, this: I'm making the t- yeah, I'm getting the ticket as we speak. There you go. But uh, I will say this: the one thing we do know for sure is that Tony Khan's got Ooh. a plan in place, and he's not going to change his line, mind in the last minute whenever he decides to have a really hard fart. Uh, unlike somebody else we know in the business. Anyhow. I mean, let's move on to the next match here. Next up, we've got ourselves, again, another real personal match, one that I am personally looking forward to because it stars, oddly enough, two of my favorite guys in AEW right now. It is a grudge match between one Darby Allen and Maxwell Jacob Friedman, otherwise known as MJF. Uh, I'm going to let Brenton start on this one, because I know I've started off with the last two. I'm going to go ahead and give it to him first. Brenton, who's going over and why? I think MJF's taking this one. Okay. Um, I mean, he's just, with how, per- I mean, I know with how personal he's gotten over the last couple of weeks with Darby and, <laughs> you know, Darby's family, his past, stuff like that. Um, and I just, I just feel like just the, with how everything's been going, I feel like MJF, I don't think he wins clean against Darby. I think he's going to win dirty, whether it be, uh, you know, low blow, t- typical low blow or a roll up with the tot, holding the tots, you know, something I, but I, I think. I just see him going over. I don't see Darby getting the win on this one. Um, and I, I see that, and then I see this as another rivalry that's going to continue on for a little bit. I don't think this will be a one-off d- deal. Um, I just feel like the chemistry between them both is very well. They have really good chemistry, but um, I just think MJF is somehow going to come out on top. Um, with and like I said, I don't think he wins clean. I think he wins dirty. Yeah, I can I can see that because let's face it, there's there's one thing in particular that I think lends itself well to the story. And if you guys want to indulge me a little fantasy booking here for just a moment, um, I'm gonna agree with Brenton. I think MJF goes over here at full gear. Then, obviously, we know the end of the year is coming up, and what usually happens at the end of the year with AEW, especially when it involves over the last two years, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. That diamond ring. Yep. I think when it comes down to it, they're going to have that battle royal again. Of course, MJF's going to be in it. Darby dumps Maxwell out, takes himself out of the match too, costs him that diamond ring, so that way this carries over, blow off, say, at either Revolution or Double or Nothing somewhere down the line. So I agree with you because there's a lot more to be milked out of the story, especially when it comes to Again, that little MacGuffin that they give MJF, I think 100% MJF's going over here, but he will get what's coming to him somewhere down the line. Brian? I'm also of the similar mind, too, although I am mostly conflicted on this one. Now, I 
in the fantasy booking. I can see to where M Darby will, if MJF does win, I can see this being stretched out a little bit because it's been clear that it looks like they're booking MJF to once again go after the title. But it does seem right now that he and Darby would be the great feud to hold this over. And also, there's still that little continuing little thread of um, him degrading Wardlow to where Wardlow is finally going to have is finally going to like he's 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 done. He's going to put he's no longer going to put up with it. And it doesn't feel like right now is the moment for it to happen, like around full gear. Like if by some like I, I'm pretty sure somewhere during the match and I'm fancy booking, there's going to be some miscommunication from Wardlow and MJF to where MJF will scold him. But it's just going to be one of those entrances. I think it's going to be a, a sign to where the crowd will pop for Wardlow. But Wardlow is going to keep his tongue. And he's going to hold it together. And then maybe around next year we finally see that happen. And he might align himself with Darby and Sting <coughs> to go up against MJF. But for right now, MJF for the... Yeah. I mean, there's certainly a possibility there. I do. I don't disagree with you that that is a, is a likely scenario. My only other thing is the only way I could see MJF losing this and only because they did it for like a week or two and now it's kind of just disappeared. Where the hell is Brian Pillman Jr.? You know, could he potentially come in and, you know, sidetrack Wardlow's interference to where Darby is able to capitalize on the distraction instead of the other way around? You know, there's there's an there's an argument to be made there. I still believe in my heart of hearts, MJF's going over here, but there is a little bit of wiggle room to be like maybe the other result is possible. And you know what? Yeah, I like that because when the wrestling business is unpredictable, that's when it's fun. And also, with the with the missing element of Brian Pillman Jr., it can team into it can lean into where we can see more use of the pinnacle. So we can see some trade off of team matches, like in a trios matches, Darby and the Varsity Blonde going up against MJF Wardlow and Sean Spears, and then possibly, you know, like really trade this stuff up, especially since the Pinnacles after that beatdown Sting suffered. Like we can really trade this up to where I can maybe, maybe we can see a revolution, a teams match with Darby, Sting, an eight, maybe an, eight, an epic eight man, like cinematic kind of match or a regular match with Darby, Sting. The varsity blondes going up against the pinnacle. <clears throat> Minus Wardlow, because then it'd be five on four. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, that uh, all of that sounds great. And speaking of the pinnacle, let's move on to the AEW World Tag Title Match, where FTR, top guys, the AAA Tag Team Champions, are going to try to take the World Tag Titles from the Lucha Bros, like they did with the AAA Tag Titles. Um... I think this is going to be a great match. I really do. Because both of these teams are phenomenal. They really are. But when it comes down to it, I think, I really do think the Lucha Bros are retaining here. Because again, I think there's more to be milked out of this. I think there's a lot more that they can do with, you know, Pac and Andrade and everything else once all of that gets laid out with Cody and Malachi and all of that. So Lucha Bros for the win. Uh, Ryan, your thoughts? Well, obviously, yeah, the Lucha Bros, especially after seeing FTR take the AAA tag belts away from them and having them uh, boast themselves as uh, the top luchadors. Like, it's a good way to remind everyone of, F of FTR that they're a great tag team, but also this keeps them uh, not relevant, but this keeps them active on the wrestling scene. Because after the scary, after the scary close calls that's happened between both Dax and Cash, 
this does seem like a good angle to where you can still give FTR TV time, but not have them wrestle as much. So them going up against the Lucha Bros, I'm expecting to be a great clash of styles, a great a mixture of classic wrestling with Luchador wrestling. And also with their alignment, with, with PAC's alignment of, you know, working with the Pinnacle. And then also there's still that little in thread of him and Malachi Black. So I could possibly see some trade-offs here to where Lucha Bros will feud with FTR and then maybe the team of Malachi and Anjade. Uh, here's the thing. I, I, I understand where you're coming from with that, but I don't think that you want to create a long-term association with Malachi Black right now because, again, you know, down the line, maybe does he start the quote-unquote House of Black maybe if they bring in Wyndham Rotunda, if they bring in some other people, you know, sure, he can form his own stable as the head, but I don't think you necessarily want to saddle him with a different collective just yet. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying this little mini alliance could lead to uh, could lead to some interesting booking to where uh, Malachi doesn't always got to be on screen for singles matches. You can put him in a team's match. Uh, but, you know, like I said, it's just something that can be an, a great idea for next year. All right, fair enough. Uh, Brendan, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I have to agree. I, I'm going with Lucha Bros. I don't see them uh, – I think there's a lot more – they can do with, you know, there's so much more they can continue on with this. That and losing the title, like losing two different tag titles back to back to the same team, I just don't see that as logical booking. And that's just me. Um, I mean, Tony Khan may see it a different way, but that's just kind of like, I mean, that's almost just burying the Lucha Bros at that point. Right. And you, and with how hot they are right now, you don't want to do that. But that, that's just, that'd be stupid to do. Um, so I've got to give it to the, the Lucha Bros um, for this one. And also, we have no idea how long. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Oh no, I'm done. That was it. Oh, I was also I was just gonna add. I don't know how long uh, the whole like little partnership that the little contracted partnership between AW and AAA is gonna last because so far Kenny is still the AAA World Champion and the AAA tag belts are on TV with AEW right now. And I'm pretty sure at some point the owner I'm forgetting his name he's gonna want those belts back in Mexico so he can promote and you know you know book around it. But I do like the fact that right now they are getting some. T- they are they're at least the tag belts are getting some screen time, and um, maybe I I do have a theory regarding the world belt, but that's going to be until we get to a certain match. Uh, that yeah. possibly we're going to see a lot of interpromotional wrestling, just like we saw on Dynamite with FTR versus uh, Samurai Del Rey and Aerostar. Samurai Del Sol. Samurai Del Sol. Yeah, the uh, former Kalisto. Yeah, Samurai Del Sol. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, with that out of the way, let's move on to a 10-man Minneapolis street fight. We have the inner circle, of course, represented by Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana and Ortiz versus the men of the year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, and three members of American Top Team. We have Junior Dos Santos. Uh, I can't – I'm having a – I'm drawing a blank on the other one. Um, um, crap. Fuck. Um, I, didn't, I didn't have his name written down. Um, two well, of them. Random ass people that are part of 
America's American top team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know. I remember Junior Dos Santos. I remember. I think it was Andre something or other. I'm I'm trying to pull that up right now yeah. to find the name. And, and, like that, and no offense to the other two people that probably won't probably won't listen to this. You yeah. know, if but if they do, not trying to be mean, just stating a fact. Junior Dos Santos is the only really other like, male wise in that group. Is the only real known one. Yeah, he's the only recognizable name that they've got. Uh, give me a second. Yeah. Try to find it. Uh, anyway, uh, but bottom line is we have th- uh, three members of American Top Team. We have uh, Junior Dos Santos. We have uh, the other individual who will find his name here momentarily. And, of course, you have, uh, through his own, you know, uh, you know open mouth insert foot disease, yeah, uh, <laughs> Dan the Lambert. face dipshit known as Dan Lambert. Uh, those are my, those are Jericho's words, not mine. So, anyway, um, but yeah, uh, Ryan, let's go to you first here. Um, Andre Arlovsky, there it is. Oh, yeah, I just found it too. I found it too. Andre Arlovsky, oh, there he is. That's his last name. So, sorry about that, folks. Uh, so you got to hear me fumble for a bit. So yes, it is Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, Andre Arlo- Arlovsky, uh, Junior Dos Santos, and Dan Lambert. Those are your members of the opposing team against the inner circle. Ryan, who's going over and why? I'm going. I'm going with inner circle because ever since the you know inner circle for a while had outside of Jericho being champion, now Sammy Kavar being TNT champion. Inner, I mean, look, they've won big matches rounding feuds or so, but ever since the, the group has turned face, outside of winning uh, the Oh my God! The, the stadium stampede. Stadium stampede. Yeah, yeah after winning the second stadium stampede, the uh, the group hasn't had many big matches to win, and even when and, and also they've been split a, a couple of times. Jericho was focusing on speed with MJF. Sammy Guevara started doing his own little thing, and Jake Hager hasn't been around as much. So this is the, this whole feud with American Top Team was the final, the only time we finally get the whole group back together. Although it took piece by piece, so I'm going with them. And also with Dan Lambert, though I think he is he I think he has fulfilled his duty. I mean his job with like his little run here with AEW. I mean it nothing to say against the guy. He is fantastic on the mic. Make he's really good. It was just that right now this whole thing with this whole American Top Team has unfortunately been kind of like stop and go situation to where they've tried. The alignments with it has given a lot more good screen time to Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, but at this point, I do think that uh, Inner Circle should go over, not has to, but should go over, and we can finally move on to start having the group do bigger things, like finally have a, a you know pride and powerful challenge for those AEW titles that they have not like they only challenged once before they went before they went face. After that, they haven't again. So I figured another shot for them should be lined up. I know Jake Hager, he's clearly like he wants to commit more to MMA. And uh, he's not really doing much wrestling. But I feel that we should get one more go around for a grudge match between uh, Jake Hager and Wardlow. And right now, Sammy's, and obviously with Sammy Guevara, him being TNT champion, he's really soaring. He's, you know, he's definitely, re- he's de- obviously he's soaring where everyone is expecting the soar. 
it's just like after this, I mean, because I, I can't see this being extended to like the end of the year or next year, honestly. Yeah, uh, I'm of the same mind that you are. I think definitively this whole thing with American Top Team with Dan Lambert and all of that, I think has run its course for the moment. Could they pick it back up later? Like get, uh, what is it, Paige Van Sant, I think is her name. Get her in there for a women's match against like Thunderosa or, you know, uh, Anna Jay or Ty Conti or somebody else at some point. Sure. Uh, but as far mm-hmm. as, <laughs> you know, what they've done with it now and, you know, the the amount of airtime and the amount of potential crossover promotion they could, I think, has been milked from it. So I'm going to go with the inner circle as well. Brenton? Uh, so I'm he, here's the only reason I'm going with inner circle. Uh, well, there's two reasons. One, I agree with it, that they I think they've done all they can do with the whole American top team, whatever crap with, you know, the inner circle, um, that, and every time I see Dan Lambert's face on TV, I get physically nauseous. Um, I like, and the guy that, I mean, and, but he's doing his job. He does what he's supposed to do. And it, and that's to make you hate him. Yeah. And you know, and and you know, and in non kayfabe, he's probably a he may be a good guy, but in kayfabe, oh my god, do I hate his fucking guts? I, th- I don't well, think you're alone in that assessment. I really don't. I'm like, dude, just shut your mouth for the love of Christ. Um, but on that topic, I, I, yeah, I kind of I, I agree with. Ron, when it comes to them, other than, you know, the stadium stampede, like this is their, you know, after that, they kind of didn't really break up, I would say, but they all were doing their own. They kind of were doing their own thing. They went their separate ways for a bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so this is their first, there's their first big match back. Um, And I don't, I just don't see them losing this particular one. Um, so my, my pick is inner circle. Yeah. I'm going to agree with pretty much everything you guys have just talked about here. Uh, when it comes down to it again, like I said, they've milked all of the, the MMA crossover that they could out of this particular storyline. Uh, Dan Lambert. I didn't think, you know, the idea of nails on a chalkboard could physically personify itself until I heard his voice. Um, but overall, like like I said, he's done his job. He's built heat. Um, he's given a lot of great stuff for Jericho to work off of as far as promo work. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I think this is done. I'm going the inner circle, and we're all unanimous in that regard. So, cool. All right. Next up, we've got the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament. The number one contender to be decided, unfortunately, John Moxley had to bow out of proceedings by way of getting some much-needed help. And again, as we mentioned in our previous episode, uh, all the thoughts and prayers and you know positive vibes are extended from us here at Wrestling Ramblings and Rages to John Moxley on his path to recovery. Hang in there, buddy. It's going to be a long road, I'm sure, but we all want nothing but the best for you. Take as long as you need. 
will be here when you get done and we will remember you. No worries about that. Absolutely. All right. But in any case, his replacement, Miro, uh, is uh, obviously he wasn't just thrown into this match. He was thrown into the match with Orange Cassidy, then won it. And now we have Miro versus Brian Danielson for a number one contender spot at full gear. I'm going to go ahead and say it. My prediction for this match, I think, is going to clearly give away where I think the main event is going, but I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a match, physical, stiff, but Miro's going over here. I have no doubt about that in my mind. Uh, Brenton, thoughts? I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that. Um, interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now I'll explain. I'll explain when we get to the main event. Okay. Um, my pick is Danielson. Uh, I just don't. I don't think him and Kenny have. I think they have un, definitely unfinished business. Um, and. Just, you know, referencing back to what Daniel Danielson said in a previous promo, whenever they had their first match, he said, this is not about the title right now. It, um, well, he said, we'll get to that, you know, the title will be next. But right now, this is just who's the better man. Um, I think this sets up to the title. I think this is going to this match. I think Danielson goes over, becomes number one contender. And from there, um, I think we're going to see Danielson and Omega Part 2. Okay, fair enough. Again, uh, again, I will get more into my reasoning again when we get to the main event. Uh, Ryan, your thoughts? Uh, did we lose Ryan? I think we did. All right, uh, let's go ahead then. Uh, we'll move on. Oh, oh, hang on, there he goes. Sorry, I had to... Running in there, drink my throat was starting to seize up a bit. <clears throat> so, yeah, Miro versus Danielson. Thoughts? Um, I'm going with Danielson. Um, Miro was a good replacement for Moxley. But it definitely felt to me like during those little promos they had with him on Dynamite and Rampage that they were building to him coming back to do a monster run. And as much as Miro would, I would love, even though the Miro and Cassie match, I definitely liked. And I know we're going to get one hell of a stiff, brutal match between Miro and Danielson. Right now, the momentum is mainly on Danielson's side. I'm not going to die. He's got momentum on his side. I will give you that, absolutely. But again, I'll get a little bit more into my reasoning once we get to uh, discussing the main event. I'll, I'll hold that off for now. Uh, so with that being said... Let's go ahead and move to the AEW Women's World Championship match. We have, of course, the champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, who we all got a chance to meet and hang out with on the Jericho Cruise. Lovely young lady. Uh, her, accompanied by Rebel and uh, Jamie Hayter, will be going up against Ty Conti, accompanied by Anna J. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, no prizes for guessing who wins here. Uh, and considering we've got a hell of a main event to talk about, do we all just want to say Brett Baker and move ahead? <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
No. Don't get me wrong. I'll like. Oh, okay. Ryan, the floor is yours. I I understand. Britt, she's she's right now the hottest commodity of the women's division, and yes, the odds are heavily stacked in her favor to win. But James, you know this. I have been a big mouthpiece, or at least at least not big mouthpiece, but just more of a, a strong supporter. Proponent. Yeah. A, proponent of Ty Conti ever since she was signed to AEW. They did a good job with her introducing her. They had her start off slow, like really trying to work her out of that little out of the work out of the out of the style that she was trained at the you know at the performance center. And we have been seeing match by match that she's been implementing more of her judo background into her wrestling. Now, does it sometimes pull off on moves? No. But we do see her she does gradually improve. And she has had her opportunities on the big stage of with Dynamite going up against Serena Deep for that end when she, when Deep was the NWA Women's Champion, and also she's really grown very popular with the crowd too. I'm not saying that it's going to be a split crowd, but I'm more in the I'm more of the mind of I think for the women's division we need some changes, some shakeups need to happen. And I want Ty Conti to win because right now, at least with the women's division, unfortunately, at least when it comes with the, the top uh, wrestlers, there is a more alignment of heels than there are of faces. And I think right now, at least for me, I think Ty Conti winning that championship, uh, uh, like maybe out of a surprise roll-up or like a close call count against Britt Baker, would help tip the scales a little bit. Um, because I'm seeing with Britt, yes, she's got Jamie, she's got Revel accompanying her to the ring, so she can win almost any way she wants, by the submission, through dirty tactics. I think it would be fun to have Ty Conti win and then maybe have a bit of a mini program happening there to where Britt will try to use whatever leverage she has as a heel to get an opportunity to face Ty Conti at, at Revolution. Now, it may... Now, there, there is so many ways that this will not come true, that Ty won't win. But right now, I think right, I think AEW should take a risk. I doubt I doubt it, but I'm going to go with Ty Conti. If I got to be the only one, I'm, I, obviously I am the only one on this one. Yeah. Brenton, you mind if I take the rebuttal on this one? Here we go. Yeah, go ahead. <sighs> to paraphrase... Magic of Dispel from the rebooted DuckTales. Oh, God. You are being the worst fool of all. A sentimental one. Britt Baker is the cornerstone of that women's division right now. They've still got a lot to do to get that TBS championship up off the ground, to get a lot of depth there. They do have a lot of depth, but in, ter in terms of you know actual challengers who could supplant Britt Baker as the face of the women's division, yeah. the, the line is very, very small right now. And I'm sorry to say, you're thinking with your heart, not your head here. Ty Conti is not ready. She's getting better, but she's not ready yet. Yeah. So, again, the only way I could possibly see her winning this is if Britt gets herself intentionally disqualified and keeps the belt. But I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. One way or the other, out of full gear, Britt Baker will still be your AEW Women's World Champion. And like I said, I even though 
I'm definitely in the. I, I will admit I could be in the wrong here, but it's just that. Yes, yeah, she is a cornerstone. One of the bit like corner. She got herself over while injured, which was definitely not an easy task to do. I'm just seeing that with them still building this women's division with the introduction of the TVS title, them in, them using a lot of their big, a lot of their main faces of the women's tournament of the women's division to build this little uh, bracket system, the bracket for the TBS title. I don't know. I just think that maybe if we just, if, if there was a little change up to keep the women's title around, uh, look, I, I know I'm grasping at straws. I'm playing the fool here. And you know what? I'm going to be like a comedian on stage. I'm going to keep commit to this bit. I'm going to commit to the bit of being the fool because I've already said this to you plenty of times, James. I'm not a fan when you book a character when you book a wrestler into a long title reign because sometimes it needs to be fresh. I'm not saying Britain deserves to have a long title reign. It's just right now, unfortunately, because of how small that pool was and then having Jamie Hayter and Rebel align with her, it took more and more on the idea of stacking so much against the faces that what is it going to take for the face to get over on Brit? Because when Statlander, who I also think is a very popular, like a very popular baby face, even I knew that she wasn't going to win against Britt Baker. And right now, I can't find a woman in that division outside of Thunder Rosa who can get over, who can possibly turn a crowd against Britt. You're right. It's going to be tough. But here's the thing. give, get, If you give Britt Baker a long title reign, you've got the opportunity to build those stars as credible threats. If you take that title oh, off of her now, you completely waste any kind of shine that a babyface could get from being the one to actually turn the crowd against Britt Baker and take that title and s properly succeed her as that AEW Women's World Champion. Again, it's not saying it's impossible, but it's going to take time. And the good thing we know about Tony Khan is he's willing to take his time. He's not going to have some kind of knee-jerk reaction the way that someone else who's a septuagenarian who doesn't have any clue what kind of depends he wants to be changed in today doesn't know how to do yeah. anyway and, and, um, and you are right and you are right and i do have faith in what they're doing i've been one of the few minority that has been backing up i've been a strong proponent of the women's division like yeah give them time i guess it's mainly because with long title reigns it can sometimes it can take one match to take a hot commodity of a wrestler and then all of a sudden see the fans turn on them because you know fans are going to complain or because maybe the right moment was missed what but you know AEW has been able to pull they have been able to turn things around so i will give them a lot on that i just i don't know yeah i'm being the fool right now i think maybe just you know we'll see how this goes but you know yeah i'm just gonna stop here before i get into another mad mad ramble it's all good. yeah we, we got other matches to get to uh brenton anything to add before we move on uh, no, I mean, yeah, I don't see Ty. I don't think she's ready yet. Do I think she'll get it eventually? Yes. Yeah. Um, but that's all, you know, because I'm a strong supporter of Ty Conti as well. Oh, me um, too. But I just don't see, I don't think she's ready yet, but I do see her getting it at some point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's what that's what scares me a lot when someone says someone's not ready yet because that gives me flashbacks of you know a certain wrestler that stifled a lot of wrestlers uh trajectory in, a, in another company because they he didn't think they were not ready 
Well, I'm gonna say there's a big difference between when we as fans say that and when someone else in the business is doing it to secure their own position. Yeah. We don't come at it from a place of, oh, I, I'm making millions of dollars. I don't want to lose my spot. We're coming from it as she's a little too green. And granted, she's she's still, you know, very talented. But as far as like getting over with the audience and actually having that 100% full support behind her and being able to establish that she's not there yet. That's the difference. Yeah. All yeah. right. And now we move, of course, to the main event of the evening, the AEW World Championship on the line. Kenny Omega finally has to defend that AEW World Championship against his former tag team partner, Hangman Adam Page. I'm going to go to you two first, because obviously I know you guys probably feel a certain way about this, and then I will cap things off here. So, Brenton, why don't we go ahead and start with you? Who's winning and why? Uh, I have to go Omega just because I just don't see them taking it off Omega. I think they just have, I think they just want to keep it on Omega for a very, very long time. Um, and do I think Hangman has the ability to be a world champion? Absolutely, 100%. It'll happen at some point. I just don't think that AEW is ready to take the belt off of Kenny. Uh, Brendan? I was saying, you still there, buddy? Well, while we wait to get his connection back in line, uh, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and give us your two cents on this main event? Who do you see going over? Hangman Adam Page? Or Kenny Omega, who walks out the AEW World Champion. Now, obviously, I'm looking at this from two different angles here, but they all lead to the same. And it is Hangman Page who wins the belt. Um, first uh, point number one, it fits very storyline wise. We've seen from from the from the start of AEW, Hangman made that declaration of wanting to become the first champion. We've seen him fall on his face because at that time the people were just not on his side okay no, there, you back? yeah can you hear me yeah yes, we, we lost you there for a second all right uh anyway uh ryan go ahead and finish what you were saying and then we'll head back to brenton well, i was gonna say let brenton finish his thought but uh okay i mean if you want to head back to brenton first then yeah brenton uh go ahead you kind of cut out as you were explaining why uh, Kenny wasn't gonna be the one, or Kenny was gonna be the one to walk out with the AEW title. I just don't see. I see Hangman getting it at some point. In the same sense as I said with Ty Conti, um, do I think Hangman's ready for it? I do, but I just don't think they want to take it off of Kenny just yet. Um, I just have a gut feeling that that he keeps it. Um. Especially, like, I think this is a night for the elite. I think they, like, going back to the trios match, I think, like how I said, the elite comes out on top. Um, I think somehow Kenny pulls this one out. Um, whether it's a clean finish or not, I just don't see them 
taking the belt off of Kenny just yet. Okay. Uh, Ryan, go ahead and finish your, your thoughts. Okay. What I was going to say was on my the reason to the, the two reasons why I see it as page is one because of the storyline because it track because it fits all the way back to the press conference for the start of AW to Hangman's trajectory from becoming from starting off as a singles competitor as part of the elite to wanting to become his own person, which led to the birth of cowboy shit. Then seeing him and Kenny Omega as tag partners, capturing the tag championships, which not many people thought they were going to do, but they did. And then you see right. that we were all there for that on the original, uh, on the double, yeah, the part two of the Jericho cruise. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we saw that happen. And the yeah, that mini storyline that was happening, at least on BTE, where Hangman was kind of being cocky and arrogant about it, shoving it in the Bucks' face. And then we did. And then we started to see the moment the Bucks. Uh, well, the mo- I mean, the mo- then we had that great tag match with the Bucks versus Kenny and Omega. I mean, versus Omega and Page. Then when FTR came in, we saw them wiggle their way into Paige's head to where they made him sabotage the Bucks, to where the Bucks kicked them out, to where Kenny started doubting him. And then when FTR won those belts, Kenny turned his back on Paige. Paige was on his own, began this self-worth down spiral, which led him to the Dark Order. And then we had this little slow build to where it looked like Paige was you know, confronting his demons, or at least getting the support of a, I won't say, well, I'm not saying the elite were toxic, but just more of, you saw the difference in power levels between them. Like Hangman, he kind of looked like a bit of um, an, like an amateur compared to the Bucks and Kenny, who were at an elite level. And Hangman always felt like the odd man left out. Being the most of the Dark Order, Hangman didn't have that feeling of being uh, lower than anybody. He didn't have to worry about an inferiority complex. He was among a group of equals. So when they were put so I love that little thing that it was pushing to where the Dark Order were kept encouraging and encouraging him. And then he took that time off to be with his wife, be with his wife giving birth to a son. He comes back. We see not only a reinvigorated hangman, but a confident and self-assured hangman to where he helps the Dark Order win in an eight-man match. He confronts Kenny to where he's not trying to be all show off. He's just saying, Look, I'm gonna beat you for the title, and that's that. And at the same time, the crowd is 100% hot behind Hangman. So that's where I feel storyline-wise. Now, second point is mainly because I don't... Because Kenny Omega is still the AAA world champion. And I think... And to what I said earlier, I don't know exactly how long this little contract partnership between AAA and AEW is going to last... And I think the owner is going to want that title back. And I and I kind of think that Kenny wants to start wrestling outside the U.S. So having taken the AEW belt off of him would give would open Kenny up to wrestling outside the country, to where we can see him wrestling AAA, going up against other luchadors, or maybe uh, I remember uh, a weeks ago, the owner did propose an idea of wanting Danielson and Omega wrestle in AAA for that championship. So. That's the two roads I see to where it leads to Paige. All right. I will go ahead and say this. This is the reason why I chose Miro to go over in the AEW Eliminator Tournament for the world title. Because I firmly believe that 
It's right here on my shirt. Cowboy shit is going to lead to an AEW World Championship. I do believe Hangman is walking out of full gear with that AEW World title. And the reason being is that, like Ryan said, it makes sense from a storyline perspective. The crowd is massively behind Hangman. He is the hottest he has ever been, especially because of that little layoff that he had. It this was supposed to happen at All Out. That was when this match was supposed to take place. But again, life often finds a way to you know, insert itself into proceedings and you make adjustments. This is going to be Hangman's crowning moment. It has to be because it is the perfect time to actually do it. He's got the crowd support. The storyline fits. All the momentum is there. And again, we've seen his progression from insecure, you know, fourth wheel to all the way up through finding that confidence now to where he is ready to be a world champion. He is ready to carry that mantle. And again, think about it. A full year, a full year on from their last one-on-one -on -one match on a pay-per-view, Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page at full gear last year. Kenny Omega wins the world title eliminator tournament, goes on to take the belt from Moxley. How apropos would it be to have Hangman at the same pay-per-view where Kenny got one over on him last time to do the same thing to Kenny this time around and shove it back in his face for everything that he, not just Kenny, but the Young Bucks, Don Callis, who has been conspicuously absent from AEW TV lately, and need I remind you, everything that they put him through, it, it writes itself the catharsis, that pop that Hangman will get when that happens will be massive. That is why, for me, Hangman Adam Page will be your new AEW World Champion. Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is our predictions for Full Gear. And now we must determine the consequences of Full Gear. Yeah. Yes, it is time once again for the Wheel of Punishment. And of course, as always, the loser, the ultimate loser of predictions will have to do the selected punishment. If there is a tie, then both individuals who tie, or even all three of us, if we tie, will have to do the punishment. So as you can see, there are a ton of options up here. We have the Death Nut Challenge. We have Bean Boozled Wrestling Trivia. Huh. We have the Brain Freeze Challenge. 10 burgers in 10 minutes. The random pizza challenge. Wait, wait are you sure we need to do 10 burgers? Because didn't I do that? No, I don't think you did the burgers, did you? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he oh, did. He did. Yeah, I did. Okay, so well, it's on there again for any any uh same reason why the losers have to buy the winner a meal, uh, loser or losers. Uh, listening to Real One's rap album. <laughs> anyway. Uh, 30 wings in 30 minutes, and like I said, the Pepsi challenge as well as the one chip challenge. So let's see what. Well, before, we spin, before we spin, we do need to remind people at home that there are still some uh, punishments that we still need to get off that table. Yes, there are some outstanding punishments. Uh, obviously, Ryan owes us a dress up day as Coco Beware. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Ryan and Brenton both owe the Toe of Satan challenge. And then I, uh, myself, and Brenton. Also, oh, wrestler karaoke. So we will be making good on those 
punishments in a future podcast episode. So be on the lookout for that. All right. Wheel of morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. Oh, Bean Boozled Wrestling Trivia. Okay, so that will be an interesting one. So the ultimate loser will have to answer wrestling trivia questions for each one they get wrong. They will have to spin the Bean Boozled wheel and eat whichever bean pops up on that wheel, whether it's a tasty flavor or not so much. This should be interesting. All right. It'd be funny as hell if we all tied at this one. (laughs) I know, right? We'd all have to write. Basically, we'd all have to like write individual wrestling trivia matches for the other two. Yeah. Or we can reach out to a fourth party and have them write the questions. This is true. We do know somebody who who runs a trivia league, or at least a fan league. All right, guys. So that is going to do it for us here today. Thank you all so much for being here. As always, be sure to subscribe to the Wrestling Ramblings and Rages podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, all of those good places. We are all over the place. And, hey, if you like this episode, go ahead and leave us a nice little review. Uh, you know, five stars is appreciated, but, you know, vote with your heart, not just because we tell you to, just because we don't want to stay on the air. Please. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. I want to thank my two wonderful co-hosts, as always, Brenton. Thanks for being here, man. Where can everybody find you online? Mainly at Facebook at Brent McPherson. M C P H E R S O N. It's the only place, it's the only social media I have. There you go. All right. Uh, Ryan, where can the good people find you? Well, I'm not as frequent on social media, but I do, but I but I always do read and I will always respond with comments. So you can find me on Twitter as uh, caramel underscore pain. Uh, you can also uh, follow me on Facebook as well with Ryan Payne and Instagram. Uh, just look for my handle, Ryan Ryan again. Yeah, just even if you don't, even if I don't post a lot, I always respond to messages. Like you can just hit me in DMs. We can have a we can have ourselves a conversation. And then also, if you're fans out there of movie trivia, uh, mainly of the movie trivia Schmodown that's on YouTube and also on Twitch, uh, you can fo- I have a show. I have a YouTube after show on the Schmoes of the North channel called Mount Schmodown. It's pretty much our own version of ESPN's 30 for 30, where we do breakdowns, discussions on um, player careers. Uh, we have, we've had ourselves like an, an incredible line of episodes throughout this, throughout the last month and September. So I suggest uh, go to Schmoes of the North and just look up Mount Schmodown and check us out. Absolutely. And of course you can find me, James Shimo on Twitter at Shimo James. That's at capital S H I M O capital J A M E S. You can always find me there. You can also find me over on that same Twitch channel that uh, Ryan mentioned a minute ago, twitch.tv slash the Schmodown. I compete in the first class league over there. We are on a season wide hiatus right now, but you can find me uh, there uh, in reruns, at least on the last most recent matches, or maybe they have some off-season programming I might participate in. I haven't been contacted about that yet, but we'll see. You can also find me uh, on the FCL tw- uh, YouTube channel. They have their own YouTube channel now. Just look up First Class League. You'll find all my back-due matches there. You can also find me here at Sheminator Productions, not just on this show, but doing watch-alongs with my buddy Ryan here. We do stuff for 
Uh, we're getting ready to finish up What If. We hadn't really gotten time to do that yet, but we are going to finish up What If. Uh, the new season of Animaniacs came out on Hulu, so we'll have to make time for that. The new season of The Witcher is coming up as well. Uh, the Book of Boba Fett, when that comes out, will have to be on there. Hawkeye, yeah, all that Hawkeye. good stuff. So we've got a lot of we got a lot of content coming down the pike. So be ready, ladies and gentlemen. Well, as always, folks, thank you so much for joining us. We have rambled, we have raged, but it has all been for one thing, and that is, of course, our overwhelming love of the world of professional wrestling. So thank you for joining us. We will see you guys in the next round. And until then, hey, ref, ring the bell already. <laughs>